Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Hello and good afternoon. Where are you listening? Right across South Australia and Adelaide, of course. We're live from SNSA's studio. Lumo, Miles Fitzner filling in for Kim Dillon. And we do it all thanks to Balfour's. The run home brought to you by Balfour's, of course. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. It's the run home with Kimbo and the Roach. And the Roach, he has walked into the studio. The 2007 Gold Media Award winning for service to South Australian football, Michelangelo Roach. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka laka, shaka laka, shaka laka. Rooch, Miles, welcome tra- back. <laughs> I'm well, back. How many, how many more co-hosts can I have day after day after day? Well, you've hit the bottom of the barrel with no, me, Rooch. No, Miles. You had the, you had You're Paul the only Bonser one who's on, been invited back. <laughs> yeah, not by the listeners. Oh, well, you've got to rattle, you've got to rattle a cage every so often. Well, don't I don't you? mind the cage. Hey, Roach, deadline, trade week, or trade period, period, finally. Finally, the innuendo, rumours, mythology um, is over. Thank goodness it's well, over. Well, a fair few deals were done right at the last minute, as you would expect when there's a TV presentation to go with it, all, you know, all the drama you- at the end. Well, you saying this is staged? I might as you might as well think it that way. I mean, you saying the, well, why it's else would staged. you say? Why else would you say we're not taking any paperwork until three o'clock? Because it's it's all part of the drama. It's all hey, this is entertainment. This is sport entertainment. This is why the AFL is one of the kings of Australian sport. They know how to present events. They know how to make it all exciting. You just know, how, on how that. many people would have been? I, I'm sure there were heaps of Port Adelaide fans who kept just. Tuning in to SEN, kept going on their apps. Trade radio. Flew into oh. Seven Plus's arrangement with the trade, just to find out, is Chris Davies, is Jason Cripps about to walk in the room? Have they got the paperwork for Asava Radagalia? And then <laughs> it's one minute to seven. No one has moved. It's 30 seconds to deadline. Still no one has moved. And no then, one moved. No one moved. <laughs> Asava Radagalia is staying at Geelong. Mm, well, I'm happy about how it. How do Port fans feel about that? How do they think? They did come out of the trade period, and, and the same with the Crows fans. It was one target: Isaac Rankin, Jason, sorry, Justin Reed delivered as the list manager at Adelaide. Billy Frampton goes to Collingwood. They left with two draft picks. First one at 23. Will Jim Jim McElhaney's son make it as a father son to Adelaide? Do they have enough points? There are so many questions still to be answered. Uh, Roots, just before we get in the Radagalia one, and we'll dissect Port and Crows, we've got a big show coming Who's up. Who's on? Uh, 
Billy Dowling's going to join us from the oh. North Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, he's entertainment. He's a star. Uh, Matt Rendell, he's box office. Yes. He's as big as they get. They're, they're oh, going to come firing in for be. Rendell. All his predictions, yes, no. Hey, he's you won s- a year supply of coffee from Kim Dillon. Oh, well, Kim's never paying that. Matt isn't Crouch it? is still on the Adelaide Football Club list. Uh, well, unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, that's sad, actually. It is, it is sad. sad. It is sad. Um, another one, uh, too. We're going to be joined by Joe Gauci, Craig um, from the goalkeeper from the Adelaide United Football Club, Craig Starsevich, the Brisbane Lions AFLW coach, and Todd Gray's tips as well. And we want to hear from the listeners, uh, 0427-154-166. One quick one before we dive into it is... Do we can we do more in regards to the entertainment? I only recently watched the movie Draft Day, you know, with Kevin Costner. Oh yes, yes. Right, yes. and I mean we're so far behind American sport in that regard. But around the draft trade, though, could we do more entertainment-wise, or is it just we just not? It's just not part of our game. If you're going to go down that path to then have some genuine, uh, what would be the word for some genuine trading? It's what Jason Cripps put on the table in 2018. If you give them players free agency, you give clubs free trading. So all of a sudden, it's open. You, you need you need a and you, you saw how that film is, where all of a sudden players get thrown into the equation. We want this one, you want that one, and all of a sudden the players get a phone call. You're playing for West Coast next year. Pack your bag. Yep. Now. Players' union will never go for it. The AFL's too scared to rattle that cage. But the clubs are, are edgy on that. If the, the power shift has gone towards the players with free agency, the clubs have got to get smarter, and, and they want more power in it. Now, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Imagine all of a sudden it's uh, 10 minutes to 7, and Geelong says, look, pick 33 ain't going to cut it. If you want to take Radagalia, um, we'll also throw a draft pick back at you, but we'll want, um, oh, just to throw a name into the mix. Let's say they'd say, oh, we want, uh, or, or I mean, let's put Riley Bonner because he was on the train. Yeah, Bonner. Let's yeah. Put and let's say Riley Bonner had not known previously that he was Yeah, just to get done. Phone call goes go. to Riley Bonner. You're on your way to Geelong. Good luck. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It would. I, I, th- I find it fascinating that uh, that ability to. I mean, that they do a lot of the future f- pick trading, don't they? As in second round, third round, so allowed to do that. And then the, the AFL can block another future first round yeah, or something yeah. like because you get too many and you're only allowed to trade two first rounders in one regard or the other. And I mean, anyway, that we could deep dive for that for ages. But just on the Radagalia one, mm-hmm. I, I, we spoke about it when I filled in last time. I'm obviously a Cats man, and I didn't want to lose him at all. He's a very good player, and it couldn't get done. Did you want to, do you want to hear from Jason well, Cripps first? What we up? need to know is, and we spoke with Matt Randall about this yesterday, because he made the point, the future second for Radagalia, which would have been in the early 30s, or 33... Or 33 on the... Well, that's more than enough. If you think about it, it was a future second for Aaliyah. Future second for Finlayson. Who, who are better players? They're both better players than Radagalia. I know he's on contract. Or all yeah, that, but, but they're, they're bar- well, Aaliyah was a bargain. Yeah, but... Aaliyah was a bargain. Like, like, oh, no, you can... I mean, he was, he's, recruit, he's probably one of the best recruits to go to any club in the last four or five yeah. years. Well, the mystery here is, if it was not going to be 33, not going to be a future second... 
what was really needed to close the deal. Now, Jason Cripps said this from the Port Adelaide side of it all. Yeah, well, that's a good question. You probably need to ask Geelong that and what, what <laughs> their reasons, what their real reasons were. Um, look, obviously, the pick 33, that's what it was. That was that was on the table. Um, everybody else can sit in judgment whether that's fair for a guy who played four games this year and wasn't in their best 22. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Geelong's prerogative not to do the deal. He was, he was contracted. Uh, we're just really disappointed, obviously, for us, but even more so for Asaba, who was who was desperate to get to our footy club. Um, but as I said, that, that's, that's Geelong's decision. And, um, you know, we've just got to, got to move on, unfortunately. OK, that's Jason Cripps leaving us without the answer as to what actually Geelong wanted. So he's pushed that one back onto Geelong. He's pretty well saying, well, I'm not going to tell you what happened on the trade talks. You're going to have to ask Geelong if they want to put... This is Andrew Mackey is the list manager at Geelong on the same question as to why the deal didn't go through. To be honest, that was a really tough call. It was, um, yeah, we, we, we like to explore, you know, players um, tell us that they'd like to get somewhere. And that was the case with Sav, obviously. Um, but in the end, mate, it was, it was a matter of the, the list need for us. And, and to be fair, he went into defence later in the year, the second half of the season. I think it's obviously caught the eye of other, other clubs, including mm. Port. I think that's what they had planned for him. Um, and we just want to see that out with him. It was, uh, it was a small sample size, but something that we were pretty excited about. We, um, we sort of sat him down and said, how about moving back? He was, he was sort of stalling a little bit in his, in his role forward of the footy and, and in the ruck. And he was injured a bit this year too. So we're confident that um, we can help provide some opportunity for him um, going forward. And, and we want to see what it's got, what, you know, what next year looks like for him. Um, clearly, it's not easy to do though when a player does do that. And um, you know, as, as you saw last night, we were able to facilitate a move that would allow Cooper Stevens to get more mm. opportunity and and Jordan Clark last year. So there is scenarios where we, we do do it, but key position players, are, as we all know in the footy industry, they're so hard to come by. So essentially, what he's saying is, they tried to explore the option. Port didn't come up with enough, and they were it was more benefit to their list for what the offer was. Uh, in a defensive role uh, than, than what they got off. Well, the timeline on this one is that Andrew Mackey starts the trade talk saying, no way. No way are we moving Asava Radigalera on. He's a contracted player, required player, all those old lines. But the next day, he's quite open to talk. Port clearly did because Asava Radigalera made it clear he wanted out. And by the end of the trade period, well, no deal could be struck because clearly Geelong was standing firm on its original point, unless it was an absolutely super deal like like the one they yeah, got out of Gold Coast. But unless Port didn't offer enough, right? Well, they didn't have much to offer, really. 30, it was 33. Now, they felt, and just like Jason Cripp said, it's up to everyone else to debate whether 33 is enough or not enough. Matt Rendell thought yesterday it was more than enough. Now, the near, the end of trade period debate is, and I love the feedback from Crows and Port fans on this, Adelaide, bring in Isaac Rankin, a number three draft pick in 2018, four years at Gold Coast, is regarded as one of the most outstanding talents that the Sample has ever put into the AFL draft. So he is in a come-home deal to the Crows, out is Billy Frampton of whereby Adelaide get a better draft pick, a future third, than what they ever gave Port Adelaide, which was a future fourth. So they've done better there on that one. But that's it. That's where they, they are. They've got draft pick 23 and 46, and they've got big decisions to make on list management after uh, retirement of Luke Brown, uh, 
Ben Davis not on the list. They're going to have to cut one more, and they've got the big question on Paul Seedsman. Will he make it back? So, Crows fans, do you feel in this strategic plan that Justin Reid and the list management crew chaired by Mark Rusciuto has taken a positive step forward into making Adelaide more competitive next year as they go through their rebuild? And at Alberton, Port fans, well, they were all excited as anything when Jason Horn francis deal was put through. Jason... Um, Jason Cripps certainly fulfilled on that one by having just a swap of draft picks all over the place rather than ever giving up a player. Junior Rioli comes in from West Coast to answer the need of what is a small forward without Robbie Gray, without Motlop, and the question marks on Orazio Fantasia. They lose Carl Amon as a free agent. Didn't lose Riley Bonner despite his opportunity to look elsewhere. And now the question is... No key defender brought in, which was a, a glaring need. And we know how much pressure that Port Adelaide defence was put under, particularly when Cleary and McKenzie kept needing to go in for knee surgery. So are Port fans happy? The, the real question for Port fans is you finished the year pretty well either fearing or being told Port Adelaide's premiership window was closing. Has it just been swung open again? Do you feel you're in a better place to contend for the premiership than you were two weeks ago. So these are big questions for Crows and Port fans to give us their feedback. Is I'm always of the, of the, the, the thought process that is it enough? Have you done enough? Because it's all well and like, it's, if you add a, a, like on paper, you go right, Rankin in Frampton out, the team's better. Mm. Simple as that, right? Yep. But is it enough? Is it is it better enough for the season? You well, know, Horn Francis other... Rioli come in, they lose Amon. Yep. Well, Port's team, their list looks better, right? But is it enough if they've missed the defender? Yeah, they clearly missed getting in defensive strength. Well, we'll put that out there. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. A stack of texts coming in. I'll get to all of those on the other side of the break. But let us know your thoughts on the Crows and Port Adelaide. The Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it's in stock now. This is The Run Home. Miles Fitzner filling in for Kim Dillon. Michelangelo Rucci with you. We'll be back right after this. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Welcome back. Just gone 352. Hopefully you're making your way home from work. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci, all thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. This is the run home. A few off the text machine, Rooch, before I get to some breaking news just quickly. Um, uh, someone said, Miles um, Kane said yesterday morning Asava was the saviour, the premiership puzzle piece. This morning, according to Kane, Asava is just a depth player. Did anyone change their mind more during the trade period? Now, well, I mean, I don't think it would have been that contradictory. No one came. Rooch. Um, boys, it's simple. The power sold everything. Had nothing to offer. Pretty simple. Another one came in saying it's conspiracy theory. Geelong didn't want Radagalia because that's their biggest weakness against the Cats. I don't think they would have looked at that. Port's list looks a lot better for a window in Geelong, three to four. Geelong has every right to say we're not going to help a team that we see as a competitor of us in that. I wouldn't have thought of that, Rooch. You have to. You don't make teams better. You... you that's a key lesson of trade periods is you make yourself better, but you don't aim to make a competitor better. So, well, so well, what happened when West Coast traded Chris Judd? They had no choice. He was going, going, gone. 
That wasn't yeah, a decision. I, I mean, but, well, yeah. come on. They don't look at that. Oh, absolutely, Miles. You no. Any list, you talked to Matt Randell after. Well, the it, it, yeah, they, they may, at, they're not going to trade danger to the demons, of course. But do you know what I mean? Like, Miles, come on. Miles, that's how list management works. Is you look at competitors, and if Porter, if Porter considered to be a challenger next year, Geelong doesn't help them along that path. Do, right. And you reckon, and Ge- you reckon Geelong when, went, we don't want to give you Radagalia because you're a challenger. Miles, that's how it works. No, but do you think Geelong thought Geelong that? would be sitting there saying, Port Adelaide has loaded up its midfield. It has attacking power. The one weakness it has is defence. Our record against Port, particularly in two finals, tells us we have an issue that we are not going to help them get better. That's how it works. Oh, that's, that surprises me. Um, Miles, Port... Miles, don't be surprised. That is how list management works. I, I, I understand. Measure, and if Geelong is sitting there saying, we would prefer Radagalia here to fill our needs... Not Port Adelaide's needs, and they've got him on contract. They hold now. If he was out yeah, of but, contract, but 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 I would have thought that it's more about filling their needs than not filling somebody else's needs. Is what I'm saying, Miles. It's uh, not about keeping him away from someone. Miles, it's about whether or not Miles, he's better. When Nick Stevens wasn't traded by Port Adelaide to Collingwood, one of the key issues was, as Mark Williams said at the time, we're not trading him to Collingwood because that makes a competitor better against us. That's how it works, Miles. You don't make team. You don't fall back in the rankings. You've got to make sure. Yes, you trade players. If Radagalia was out of contract and there was no way they were going to recontract him, you it, you it then couldn't do just the be... best deal for yourself. So, so you're saying that's what happened? It couldn't just be that they didn't get offered enough of what they thought for him. They decided to keep him. I would think in most circumstances, 33 would have been more than enough to do the deal. But so you think Geelong have kept him because they didn't want to make Port better? That's a key strategy in this game. No, but that's not what I'm asking you. Do you think that's why they what they did? I'm sure that was in their thinking. Okay. Now, uh, we, we spoke Port- before about how the, the dreaded phone call that could come in professional sports when you're told you're being traded, the one that does exist in the AFL circuit, is when the list manager or the recruiting manager or even the club footy chief rings you, very rarely is it the coach these days, to say you are going to be delisted. At Sid in Richmond, sorry, and Richmond's considered one of the big winners of the trade period. Channel Seven, of they, when they did their power rankings, have said Hopper and Taranto in. Uh, ranked, no one left. Fifty-three and sixty-three yeah, in the draft. They've ranked Richmond as the big winner of the trade period. It's all up for debate. But now Sydney Stack is among four players, aged twenty-two, thirty-five games in four years, cut, gone, done. Thanks for your services, Sydney. Thanks for all the memories. Uh, Thanks for uh, lighting up the AFL game. It surprises me that. we have no that. contract for you here. That's got to be part behavioural, surely. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything of recent times to suggest that's... I mean, yeah, we know what happened up in the COVID period up in Brisbane, but I would um, say that in the end, once you're bringing in players, and you know where Richmond is, is where they're going to have to find that new edge to move from uh, an also-ran to be a challenger again, it's... Clearly going to have to make some big cuts in their list management. So Art Stack, Collier Dawkins and Martin Gaunt from Richmond. A few more off the text here, um, Roach. The way the system works doesn't allow it to be enough for any team. It's not like in soccer where you can just buy what you need if you have exactly. the money. Teams only get a certain amount of trades. Port acquisition's better with long-term in mind. List seems stagnant, stuck in mud, looking at the short-term. Just like a good car, the list will need another tune-up and service leading into an exciting 2024. Um, a few in Port did well... To, um, and off here, a few of them said, okay, Port didn't get a Sava because they were scared of um, Port. Then somebody's told me to stick to horse racing. I'd love to know your occupation. Thank you. 
uh, for somebody else. <laughs> Unreal. Um, uh, yeah, there are few of them. It's probably divided like you and I were on that, Rooch. Um, well, that's a core not, theme of not, list management. If you, if you have a player who is going to significantly help the opposition, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot. And what you just, and then you've got to keep them on the list, manage big salaries and no, all that, well, and you think there's one Miles, player all, to pour. Miles, it's not the it's not the only factor in it. You look at it and you would say, if we've got an excess to needs, we will trade that player out to make our list better. Our ultimate aim is to be better. Now Geelong is saying we're not better by moving Radagalia onto Port Adelaide. Correct. That's what I'm right. saying. That's what I'm saying. So they it's not about Port Adelaide. Oh, They're saying no, the it's not about in. Port Adelaide. It's about we're better if I, we keep Radigalia. I will I will assure you that when Matt Randell comes on, if we ask him the question, how many trades weren't done because one team didn't want another team to get better? He'll tell well, you I heaps. can understand that at the top end of town, Roach, in the top four sides and trading really good players, but I can't understand that about a grand finalist that just built the life out of the next best team and worried about a team that didn't make the finals. Well, that didn't make the finals. Yeah, but you're judging Port on 2022. What do you think they look like for 2022? But essentially what we're saying is that Geelong... where's Port Adelaide looking for 2023 now? Where would you rank Port for 2023? Oh, they'll make the finals. Right. But they're probably just... They're better off already. Okay, they're better off. What if they had Radigalia in that defence? How much better are they? Better. All right. So there you go. That's the But I'm... No, that's... I'm just saying Geelong... I don't think the Cats have made that decision... To but keep Miles, him on the list, Miles. I didn't say. Because... I didn't say they sat there and Andrew Mackey said we're not doing this deal because we make Port better, but it factors into the decision. It is not the overriding element of list management, but if it's a consideration every time, the same way that when Port looked at Nick Stevens going to Collingwood, it was quite clear not doing that trade. Gee, Collingwood were the real winners there, weren't they? Well, perhaps they were. Perhaps they were. Um, uh, not sending a player, what Rooch is saying in regards to not sending a player to a competitor to make them better is 100% correct. Richmond massively won the trade. Most other teams like Port recruits have potential, no assurance. From Joe, if you saying stay in your lane, like I said, you're more than happy to uh, to apply. It's kind of my work. Uh, Rooch, have you read today's advertiser? I have, but apparently there might be another chapter in the Radigalia to Port. Do you know anything about it? Hey, we'll um, play Jason Cripps' remarks on that after we get to Matt Randell after the news. Let's go. Welcome back to the run home. Thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci, live from SNSA's studio, Lumo. Uh, Mick from Para Hills, Jacko, both of them chiming in. Well done to you boys, champions. Uh, Miles, what shower did you come down in? It was obvious Geelong did what Root said from Lindsay. And um, there was another one in here saying, uh, this is a good one. Robbie Gray and Carl Amon go out. A 19-year-old kid and a flaky half-forward come in. And Roots thinks the reigning premiers are shaking in their boots from Lewis. That's not, uh, anyway, that's not what I said, Lewis. My point it's is, not, it isn't what he said, to I, be fair. I'm sure Matt Rendell will give us heaps of examples. He joins us on the line. Uh, Matt Rendell, the AFL list guru for all our trade radio updates. Of course, trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Hello, Matty. Oh, good afternoon, fellas. He's a busy man. Yeah, you know, well, doing the cricket in the studio yes, yesterday. You're in Melbourne or Adelaide? Oh, I'm fans. in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne, mate. Okay. I'm in Melbourne. Matt, I'm doing my best. Matt, you don't have to buy coffee for a year. 
Uh, no, I was just about to say that I'm just trying to I'm just trying to work out how I'm getting to pay for coffee every day for a year. That's <laughs> there are ways. That cost? There are ways. Mate. Seven, seven, five, thirty-five a week. It's only going to cost him sixteen hundred. That's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't surprised in the end, were you? Matt Kraut stays on the Adelaide list. No, mm. yeah, he stays on their list. They got a choice. They can pay him out yep. and drop him off the list. Yep. Um, so or. You know what? He puts his head down and he has a massive crack and he forces his way into the team. Correct. Now, Matt, we're intrigued. You thought 33 was appropriate value from Port Adelaide to a Geelong for Radigalia. We can't get to the bottom yep. of exactly what Geelong wanted. Neither Jason Cripps nor Andrew Mackey made that clear in their post-trade discussions. Miles and I have been banging on for the last 15 minutes. You've been there as a list manager in the trade period. If you see a trade that's going to make a competitor better, how many times do you say, mm, not sure I really wanted to do them a favour? Um, I don't really worry about it, Roach. I, I worry yes. about making yes. us better. Yes! Making yeah. Victory! So Victory! If the, if the competitor <laughs> gets better, I still think we'll beat them. So I, I still think our team will beat them, even if they get better. Are you the exception? Are you the exception better. of the rule? Oh, mate? I love you, Matty. No, oh. Oh, it would be a hundred percent roots. <laughs> you don't, you don't think there are list managers there that say? Well, oh, well do you do reckon? Do you reckon uh, Collingwood worry about Grundy? Oh no, but that they're was they're that, they're they're that made them better, better by getting rid of salary cap. But uh, uh, no, Matt, what essentially, essentially, what we're saying is. Is I put it up there that Geelong they're not worried they kept Radigalia because they didn't get enough and he's better for them not because they didn't want to make Port Adelaide no, Miles, better no, Miles, no, more you, competitive. Miles, exactly. You were taking that out of context. Well, that's exactly. that was our argument, Ruth. No, I'm saying part of any discussion is are we making a competitor a rival better and harder to then compete against? Um, so you think Geelong? Just didn't want to do the deal because it'd make Port stronger. No, I'm not saying that's the only reason, Matt. But, but you're I, saying it's a part of it. I mean, I can well remember. I, reckon, I, reckon I can well remember, Matt. You remember when... they'll beat Port. I, <laughs> Matt, you. I well remember when Nick Stevens was seeking to go to Collingwood and Mark Williams wouldn't entertain yeah. it because he said, I'm not going to make Collingwood better. Well, that worked out well, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> that, they lost him for nothing. Yes. They <laughs> did win a flag, though. Did win no, a flag. did win a flag. And Collingwood took a I while to get their next one. And Collingwood beat them too, didn't they? Over uh, here, over in Adelaide. No, they not beat that them year. In the final, didn't they? No, not that no, year, Matt. Not no, that year. It was either. Uh, it was one, Geelong, Geelong, St Kilda, and Brisbane. Two or three, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's why. That's why Mark. Didn't one, want two, to or three. Yeah, I reckon Collingwood knocked them off in the final. Yeah. That's why Mark didn't want to make them better. Yeah. So. Um, All right, no, Matt. So well, who won this trade period? Uh, well, there's about five or six clubs won the trade period. Look, Geelong, everyone's saying Geelong. Well, Sam just said then, they just got three players in who can't get a game with their team they're in and they've got a pick seven, they don't know who it is. Mm. So how have they got better? And I said, Daniel, I said, they're not preparing for next year, they're preparing for 2024 because I think they'll have quite a few retirees at the end of next year. Mm. Tui, maybe Duncan, maybe Smith, maybe Hawkins. Uh, four could be more, and I think they will play these kids. Well, their kids are 22-ish. Um, they'll play them next year in preparation for 2024 to keep them super competitive. But the interest will be, uh, we haven't seen Geelong without Selwood for how long? 15 years. Yeah. 
Richmond, uh, Richmond, good. Yep. Melbourne, so Richmond good. Port, great. Port, great. Melbourne you think Port's great when they didn't solve that need for a defender? Oh, I'm not. I'm not as perturbed about that as what um, Kane Corns is. And yeah. Lee is a good defender. Just play him on the best forward instead of trying to mess around with him being the interceptor. Uh, Cleary does good jobs on players. Jonas, look, they're probably one short there. If they get an injury to Lear, Lear they're in a bit of trouble against the team with calls. But I think their all-ground defence will be pretty damn good. Yeah. They'll be a lot fitter. And uh, I'm not particularly worried about it unless a Lear gets injured. But the other factor is I think they could put Finlayson back if they wanted to. Um, they've got plenty of key forwards. Even Georgiades, but he's not. Georgiades only about a, he's about a 192 maybe. Um, but Finlayson could easily go back to. It might solve the problem. Finlayson back. Um, Maddie, can we go to the losers for the trade period? And four names that keep coming up uh, are Hawthorne, the Gold Coast, the Giants, and St Kilda. Yeah, look, uh, they're not losers because they're in different stages of where they are in their uh, footy life. So. Uh, Gold Coast Suns had to get rid of money out of their cap, so they just took draft picks. They couldn't take too many players. They took, I think they got one, didn't they? Um, long from St Kilda. Mm. Uh, GWS were the same, had to get money out of their salary cap, got a welter of draft picks. They'll bring some kids in, so they couldn't really do anything about bringing players in. They brought Bedford in. Um, Hawthorne, Hawthorne they, they get Amon, Meek, and Stevens. But, geez, they lose, they lose Gunston, Mitchell, and Jager O'Meara. Yeah, look, um, this is uh, Sam Mitchell building a Sam Mitchell team and not a Clarkson team. Yeah. So, that, with those players in there and not the young kids that bought in, they're just going to finish middle of the road. They're going to finish 10th to 14th every year. So, he's made a decision out with the old. We're going to take as many kids. They'll go again to the draft next year. Um, so who's left? Wingard's last year of his contract. I bet you he has a great year next year. So he knows he's, he's probably <laughs> on the way out. Yeah, true. Um, so, so they've got a really good defence of young kids. They'll build that. They're, they lack in the midfield for depth there. But they don't care. They're going to play your Josh Wards and your mm. Newcombs. They're just going to stay in there. And Cooper Stevens now, that on the wing. So uh, it's going to take... It's, it's a rebuild, in essence which is like two or three years behind the Crows and North. So they're doing this. The Crows and North will get back up and Hawthorne will be coming in behind them if they do some really smart things around drafting and three years maybe do some free agency. They'll have a lot of money in their cap like the Crows and North have got at the moment. Well, your man in Brisbane did deliver, as you said, Matt. He got Josh Dunkley over the line. Plus he's yes. loaded up with draft picks, 34, 35, 36, 38, 55, 56, 73. So there's heaps of points. They do fall short then on draft picks for next year. Is it a win for Brisbane? Well, he's only got two thousand four hundred for this year. Yeah. So he's got about two four. If he if he gets called out first, Ashcroft. Yeah. There's the two four already gone without Fletcher. He can go into deficit to seven hundred. I got a feeling that GWS won't call out Ashcroft first pick. They'll call out Cadman, and then Scotty Clayton and and Brady Rawlings will call out uh, Ashcroft probably second pick, which saves him five hundred points. Yeah which allows them to get Fletcher in with a minor deficit. And they'll probably do some activity. They'll know before the draft what GWS is going to do. And if they if GWS don't call him out, first pick, um, 
they'll just sit there. But if uh, it's going to go out first pick, they'll have to try and uh, get some points in. The deficit's not too great next year. Mm. So, the wash-up, was it a trade period that reinforced again that player movement's really hot again in, a, in AFL circles? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was a great trade period. Fantastic trade. Best one we've had. And people go, oh, the good clubs got stronger. Well, the good clubs got stronger because there's about seven or eight of them reckon they can win the flag next year. So they deliberately tried to get stronger. Yeah. The teams down the bottom, they're no chance of making even the eight. Um, but certainly not winning a flag. So what they've done is prepare with draft picks, getting kids in. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense what happened. And the teams in the middle, so Swannies didn't have to do anything. They got the best kids in the comp. Yeah. Same with Essendon. The real, <coughs> the real one in the in the middle there. That's I don't know what the hell's going on, St Kilda. Yeah, because they they're neither here nor there. They ain't. They're not winning a flag. They're not going to go to the bottom, but they're going to finish right in the middle there all the time, and no they need to make land. a decision on what they yeah. want to do. Yeah, that's the famous no man's land where you you just don't have yeah. the draft picks to go up, and you don't have the capital to move on. M- Matty, exactly. then, then where where do you put right now then? You're talking about teams that are absolutely no chance and teams that are going to fight for it. Where do you put Port Adelaide and the Crows? Oh, I've got Port Adelaide in the top four. They stuffed up their pre-season last year. They finished second the year before. They completely messed up the preliminary final. They should have played Melbourne in the grand final in Perth, and they were a massive chance to win it. Um, They completely stuffed up last year, but they're still a young team. So Sydney, Melbourne... Sydney, Melbourne, Geelong, Brisbane and Richmond, who are everyone's touting as the five, that Port are, they're in that mix, in that fold. Absolutely they are. Yep. Um, they're, they're way better. Um, and especially if they can get Fantasia up there. I mean, that's a big year. Um, they get Fantasia and Rioli in there. That's dangerous forward light. Horn Francis in the middle there. Um, they got <coughs> plenty of players to replace them on. they got a welter of running backs who are beautiful kicks. Uh, don't, and the important one is I don't want to lose a Leary Lear. It's super important. I don't know if they can do anything pre-season draft. Do they take back a Skinner or something like that just in case? He's a, you know, he's a, he's a 198, just in case. I don't know if they're going to allow a spot there, but they should be scouting far and wide to see if there's a big uh, 198-centimetre uh, key back that they can find somewhere. Even so, in the draft, maybe from Perth. I don't know. At, at, so the Crows, we were, last time I was on with Roach, I copped a bit of heat and the odd death threat because I said yeah. the, the Crows are closer to the spoon than they are the eight. No, well, so you should have. Uh, they're closer <laughs> to the eight. Um, closer to the eight, they get Rankin. Who's, who's, look, Rankin could be a, a superstar. He's a star, but he could be a superstar. Gets fit with the best mm. uh, strength and conditioning coach in the world. Um, his record of teams that he's strength and conditioning, they're always better in the second year when he works out what they can do and what they can't do. So a bit of trial and error in his first year. They were a fit team anyway. I saw someone write that recently, and we, we knew that anyway. Um, and he's made them better this year. I thought Fogarty would be the big improver under Burgess, and he was. Um, but their only issue here is... Um, heavy reliance on Butts and Murray to stand up the whole year. They really haven't got a replacement unless they trial Himmelberg or someone back there. They really need to, with Frampton gone, which is debatable whether he's good enough anyway, um, they need to find someone as a backup there. Matt, which worries AFL House more? 
hearing Greater Western Sydney say the go-home factor is working against them or mm. a first-round draft he doesn't finish his contract at North Melbourne? Well, they'd be worried about both. Um, look, that's no surprise what GWS said. I mean, I used to do the same thing when I was at the Crows. I, I had great con- more consideration for taking Vic Country kids. So 60% of kids get picked from Victoria. Yeah. So I had more consideration for taking Vic Country kids because Melbourne wasn't a place they were interested in living. They love the country. Country kids love the country. So I tried to hone in on the country kids. They, they really liked Adelaide. You know, it's not too big. You can move around pretty easily. Um, so this is, this is not, nothing new. Brisbane did it. They took all those city kids. They all nicked off in one year. Ace, Polnick, uh, Yo and the likes. And they went for Vic Country kids. And look at them now. You know, they went for McCluggage, the Berries. Um, Neil uh, McCarthy. Rainer, I think. Um, so, well, they're South Australians. Uh, but uh, they went for the Country kids. And look at them now. They're all staying. No one's leaving. Yeah. So this is nothing new. you just got to be... You've got to do your homework when you're doing the interviews and you speak to your... To every man his dog about this player, what do you think? Do you think you'll want to go home? How strong is the family ties? You, you, ask, a lot of, you ask about their girlfriend. Players get bemused when you ask them about their girlfriend. It is crucial for interstate teams to find out about their girlfriends. I didn't know. No, well, I tell you what. A player I picked didn't have a girlfriend when I did my last interview with him. Picked him in the draft. And he went home after two years. His missus was desperate for him to come back to Victoria. Now, he didn't have the girlfriend. <laughs> he, he got the girlfriend between my last interview and the draft. <laughs> well, it, it does happen, so, Matty. We're desperately late for a break here, mate. appreciate your yep. chat. Um, look, thanks for uh, thanks for everything that you, that you do on the show in the trade period. I know it's a busy time for you and I appreciate everything. No worries, fellas. Much appreciated. Enjoy your thanks coffee, so. Matt. Matty Rendell, yeah, for, for the whole year. Trade Radio updates thanks to CMC Markets. Definitely have to go to a break running superbly late. We'll be back right after this on The Run Home. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Well, welcome back. The Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it's in stock now. Rouge, we're running desperately late. Um, uh, Lindsay's chimed in. He said, Matty Lloyd, Kane uh, and me, three out of four AFL legends. Argument over from Lindsay. Um, good show, <laughs> Jody the Bulldog supporter. Um, uh, someone said, you're right, Rooch. I'm sure a bloke playing B-grade makes Geelong look better. Look out. Um, Miles, benchmark 58 runner trying to compete in a group one. There's a lot coming for me. Um, no, 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 Miles, let's get this... On the table, correct. <laughs> You've just you heard me. Matt Randell say Port is now in the top four frame. Geelong's there not to give Port Adelaide a leg up when it doesn't help them. But you just heard him say he never thought of it at all well, in Matt, regards Matt's to trade. Matt's one always out of the box, but I can he give just you, said I can he give never you, thought of it. I can Rich. give you a list manager after list manager who will say I don't do deals if it puts a genuine competitor against me in a better position than I am. Jeez, I'll just, got I'll just keep win, looking win. at Linesy here, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> oh, so, look, Roach, we can agree to disagree. I think they worried about themselves, and they didn't worry about others. That's my opinion. Oh, oh, it's well, only my opinion. Big question is, will Port Adelaide be after 
Asava Radagalia in 12 months' time when he's out I of contract, so. particularly when Asava's made it clear he wanted to play for Port Adelaide in 2023. Jason Cripps on what happens next. We'll certainly follow Asava. We, we, we'd love him at our footy club, but obviously 12 months is a long time. But I think it's been well documented, you know, well talked about that, you know, an, an area of need for us is, is, our, is our key backs and, and bringing some players, you know, into the club to sort of give us some depth in that role. We'll continue to explore that, but we'll certainly track Asaba uh, well into next year and, and see what it looks like in 12 months' time. So where will well, he be in 12 months? He'll probably be there. Probably. He'll probably. probably be at Port. Hey, Roots, we're desperately late. We've yep. got to go to a break and then the news at 4.30. And then on the other side of that, Joe Gauchi, Adelaide United goalkeeper. Billy Dowling still to join us. We'll talk to him about what the um, the draft combine was like. Craig Stasevich, Todd Gray. Plenty more to come. This is The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. We're filling in. Michelangelo Rucci with you live from SNSA's studio at Lumo. Rooch, we've packed it right in, but it is news time. Yes. Joe Gauci on the other side, though. United. Got a few questions lined up for him. Well, absolutely. Not a and then we'll, not a perfect start for United when you're playing against a ten man side and you actually fall one goal down. It certainly isn't. We'll ask him about that. Mm. Billy Dowling still to join us. News time, back in a moment. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to the run home with Kimbo and the Roots. Welcome back to the run home, Kimbo and the Roots. Miles Fitzner filling in as we've just gone for the Roots. And well, we spoke about this when I filled in uh, the other week in talking about Adelaide United Roots. And who better to get on than the safest hands in the business? This man, well, he is the keeper of the realm, as we like to say. His name is Joe Couchy and he joins us on the line. Hello, Joe. How are you, mate? You well? I am. I am. Joe, a bit of a trip. Um, Maybe not the result you were looking for, but just tell us about the trip. First up in general, I know you were mentioning just before um, you've jumped on that had a bit of a stopover on the way. Yeah, yeah, we're going to going to Wellington from Adelaide. We can't get the direct flight, so in in via Sydney and and, and then across the the ditch into Wellington. So it's a bit of a long one, and, and the time difference. You know, we go we go two days before the game to to get adjusted and uh, get some well needed rest. I think we got in about one a.m. on on Friday night. Um, so yeah, lots of travel makes it a, a tough trip but um no it's enjoyable good to be with the boys on those, those trips so when you you build you know the camaraderie amongst the group joe you put one point in the bag for your trip home you did have to really scramble again adelaide united doing it at the very death knock to win or to put a point on the score sheet anyway but did you leave two behind in new zealand um yeah i think i think we can say we left two behind um against 10 men for I guess the large majority of the game, we we would like to be putting teams away. Um, but in saying that, it's it is a tough trip, um, and I think to show the the spirit like we did, you know, in large parts last year, and to do it again in the first game to to keep fighting right until I guess the final whistle um, and take a point, we we can take it and we can look at the positives from the game as well, um, and hopefully build on that this weekend against Macarthur. 
Joe, what is it about teams in the world game that when they get reduced to one by a red card, go to 10, they seem to find an extra edge. The, the fact that Wellington scores and also defends so well when you have 20 shots is, is just an extraordinary result on their part as well. Yeah, I guess, you know, you, you go down to 10 men, you're, you're up against, you know, backs against the wall and you've really got nothing to lose at that stage. Um, and I guess in, in that sense, you can, you know, you're not really throwing too many numbers forward, but, you know, when you go go forward, you're really attacking hard because you might only get one opportunity. Yeah. And I think we really only gave them one opportunity and they capitalised on it. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like I said, you, you've got nothing to lose against 10 men. You can really group together and fight hard as a team. Um, and those results, I mean, for them, I think, you know, they'd be really happy with that result. Um, but, I mean, for us, we, like I said, we would have liked to, to really punish them. Joe, you get a look at the side all playing together, obviously. How did, uh, how did you see the team overall um, in regards to, to, to finally getting a bit of a run? Uh, you can sort of get a guide as to how well are you travelling. Do you think you guys are on the, on the right path or was it probably one of those ones that you sort of went, there's still a little bit of work to do? Um, no, I think we're on the right path. Um, I think you can look at the development of the, the way we've been playing through you know, the cup uh, competition, through the Australia Cup games, um, and then into to this game. Although in the final third, I think we would have liked to have been uh, a bit more precise with our passes and, and really probably had you know, made Oli Sauer work a bit harder. Um, I think you can see the improvements from, from those games in terms of the connections with our, our creative players at the, at the top of the field top of the pitch so yeah and we've, we've got you know Craig who's, who's still getting match fit as well and will come in um, in that you know that wide left area so adding his you know his quality um, into the side you know we have that something that we we haven't had to been able to practice with through through pre-season um, as, he, as he's had a bit of an injury so yeah over the, the first couple of weeks getting him some, some match minutes and getting him into the side um, you know then we can drop kiddo, kiddo into that, that deeper role um, that he, you know, thrives in and their connection on that left-hand side is, is so important. So, yeah, I think we're, we're really, we've improved from the, from the pre-season games, um, but still probably further improvement to go going into these next couple of rounds. Joe, last season you seemed to look like that the team scored late. Is it still looking the same? You've had 20 shots, six on target to Wellington's six shots and three on target. Is that sort of a... Uh, part of the game, I think that that Adelaide players in that that they can sort of pepper and pepper late. Um, no, I mean we we can we can score goals goals late. We've showed that um, you know through last season and again again on the weekend. But you know we we really want to be a side that that you know puts teams away early. Um, we want to start hot and start fast um, and really put them on the back foot. And I think you look at the first twenty minutes from the game on the weekend before the red card when the game was quite open. Um, we had some great chances. Um, you know, um, Luis Dorigo made had a shot, and Oli Sal made a mm. a great save to you know keep it out of the bottom corner. So I think we 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 showed on the weekend that we start hot and we're putting teams under pressure. Um, I guess the red card in a sense closed the game up, um, and then you know with their numbers behind the ball, it, it makes it a bit difficult for us to to break them down. So yeah, I think you know we we know we can score late, and I guess that is a positive that if we do go behind, we know that. We're going to keep pushing right until the final whistle. Um, but I think also that we showed that you know we we're going to come out fast and we're going to put teams on the back foot. Um, and that's something that we, you know, probably want to be known for more than a team that that's uh, winning games at the death. 
Joe, they're still putting the finishing touches on the, uh, well, what do we call it, the cover of the Eastern Grandstand at Cooper Stadium at High Marsh. So you're away again, MacArthur, Sunday afternoon in Sydney, not quite the trip that you've had over the weekend. The, uh, the constant away trips, how, how do you look forward to those at the moment? Um, no, well, personally, I, I don't mind it. You know, there's nothing better than playing at Coopers and playing in front of the home fans. Mm. Um, but no, like I said earlier, the, those trips away is when you, you know, really get to know your teammates. You get to, you know, room with someone and get to know different people every week and, and maybe speak to boys that you, you don't speak to so much on a day-to-day basis. You get to build that real camaraderie among, amongst the group. Um, you know, you've got younger lads singing their in, initiation songs and, really feeling as no they're they're part of the first team uh, group so personally I, I don't I don't mind those trips they are you know having three on the bounce to start is is always a little bit difficult but you take the positive positives from that you come back come the back end of the season you know we're going to have more home games um, and more yeah. games in front of our home fans at the, at the new you know the redeveloped Coopers mm. so it, it is tough to start but if we are you know, if we can come away with some some great results before this, I suppose World Cup break, um, we know that coming into the back end of the season, if we're in a good position, we're going to be in front of the home fans, and you know they gave it, give us a real uh, a real boost. Speaking of the World World Cup, Joe Qatar in late November, December, it's always a wonderful tournament for when it develops an image of a goalkeeper. You'll be, I imagine, watching the best in the world. Who who do you? look at these days on the world stage and say, now that is a goalkeeper who's got talents that I would love to have in my game. Um, I mean, any of them at, at that level, they're all uh, world-class goalkeepers. Um, but, you know, I can I can really look at, um, I guess, Italy aren't there, but Donnarumma is a, he's a great one that, uh, you know, he's, he's similar age to me mm. um, and, and a similar build as well. And, um, you know, I think we've got similar... Uh, you know, so like I said, similar build and, and aspects of our game that, that maybe I could compare. But at that level, you, you, I'm looking at any of them and, and trying to take little bits and pieces from, from them all. The goalkeeping position is something that is, is so unique and everyone does it a little bit differently. So if you can pick little things up from, uh, from different individuals and, and add it to your game, um, it can only be an advantage. What's the mind games like when you're the man standing there all alone and there's a penalty kick with one man ahead of you who's trying to beat you. What, what are the mind games like through that moment? Um, I guess for a goalkeeper, there's no real pressure on you, is there? Um, I guess the penalty takers, it kind of expects it to score. And, um, you know, as a, as a goalkeeper, I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, like I said, the, there's no pressure on you. And, you know, you get an opportunity to be a hero. Um, the goalkeeper position is, you know, you don't, you don't often... You're not scoring the goals, and, and you don't mm. get the you know the limelight, I suppose that that the attackers may get. Um, but I guess we've seen in recent times with you know Andrew Redman getting us to the World Cup. Um, I think it's just fantastic that you know he's able to pull off the heroics, and a goalkeeper can get the spotlight for once. I, I, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, there's there's no pressure in the in those penalty shootouts. We're not expected to to save them really. You know they're they're expected to put them away. So to have that sort of pressure off your shoulders and, and kind of just and personally, it relaxes me and, you know, you can just focus on the moment. Uh, Joe, you play MacArthur um, coming up and, and they're looking for their first win after drawing with the Brisbane Raw. But more importantly, you come up against uh, a former teammate in Al-Hassan Toure. Have you swapped any messages with him, uh, with Al-Hassan, or, or has his younger brother Musa reached out? <laughs> no, no. 
No, he haven't. Um, yeah, like you said, we've got the younger brother, Moose, but he hasn't been given away in any, uh, any, any secrets. So, yeah, no, it'd be good to, you know, it's always good to play against, against former teammates and, 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 you know, good friends as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure for him, he's been really looking to, to put one away and I'll be for sure trying to stop him. So, <laughs> no, it, it'll be good. Well, Joe, let's hope you find a good deck in Sydney where the rain has done some incredible damage to some sporting events in recent times. And let's hope you also come home with a full bag of points as well. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Joe, appreciate your time, mate. We'll chat again soon. Really, thank you, guys. Take care. Well, the Joe good Gauci there, the Adelaide, sorry, Rooch, the um, Adelaide United keeper. Do you reckon that, what are they in the hunt this year, Rooch? Oh, they, should, they should be. I mean, after the work last year and they as we learned last week they, they're certainly motivated no doubt about that it's just that was a slip up against Wellington to, to have a game very much working their way but only then finish up scrambling for a 1-1 draw is probably not the, well it's clearly not the result they wanted so it's funny how it works isn't it that yeah, you get can, one less man and the game gets shut down yeah if they can grab a win while they're on this block away it just just keeps them in a point where I mean they're top four at the moment but it's a ladder that doesn't mean anything after you've only had one game so yeah, Joe's made a good point. They've got a lot of games at home at the end of the season when they can make those count, but they need to make sure they've got a good foundation at the start of the season as well. Yep, spot on. Uh, Roach, we're going to jump to a break. On the other side of this, we're going to catch up with Billy Dowling. He was the uh, Sandful under-18 MVP. He's just been at the uh, draft camp. We've followed him right through, yes. Roach. He's been SEN's boy, Billy the Kid. We're going to chat to him on the other side. We're live from SENSA's Studio Lumo, right here on King William Street, Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci. This is a run home with Kimbo and the Rooch back in a moment. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson, turbo diesel, all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Welcome back to The Run Home. Kim on the Roach, Miles Fitzner filling in. Michelangelo Rucci, live from SNSA's Studio Lumo, and thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game, of course. Rooch, bit of change of tact. We've been yes. tracking we've been tracking this young fella um, for probably the second half or the latter half of the year. Well, the moment's Re- arriving. It, it is arriving, and we we became our boy, Billy the Kid. He became SNSA's boy. He's recently taken out the Torrance University Cup MVP, and he's just recently returned from the AFL Draft Combine. His name is Billy, a.k.a. Billy the Kid Dowling. He joins us. Hello, Bill. Go, Mark. Go, Rich. How are you? Oh, well, Billy. And you're, you're at that prime point. It's where the dreams are made. The AFL Draft is, well, a little more than a month away. What's it like at the moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we sort of finished um, last few days with the Combine, yep. came back. You know, Sunday night, and since then it's just sort of been a bit more focusing on school studies and stuff like that because that sort of marked the end of, you know, all the physical testing and games for the year. So now it's just, you know, sit back and nervously waiting, I guess. Let's talk about the combine because a lot of people don't know how it works, Bill, but you've got to go through a series of, of, of tests. You go through your 2Ks and your vertical jumps, and were there some in particular that you, that you took a liking to and others that you thought, geez, this is a bit hard in front of a big group of people? Yeah, so the way it sort of worked, um, down at Margaret Court Arena in Melbourne, they sort of set up, you know, a basketball floor around the tennis court. And then, you know, the clubs would sit around and, you know, on the main court, it's us sort of doing our sprinting and jumping and stuff like that. But, um, you know, after we finished that, we went to the Holden Centre and did the 2K, which was awesome. But 
Um, yeah, that sprinting stuff was particularly nervous at the time because, you know, you're surrounded by all the clubs sitting in the stands. Mm. But, yeah, I probably enjoyed the, the 2K more, um, you know, just after all the testing. Billy, where did we land on the pinch test and all the debate as to whether they were going to take measurements on prospective draftees? Is that happening or not happening? Nah, so they didn't do any, um, you know, testing and stuff like that for the pinch test, which... Um, yeah, I think I finished a few years ago, so we didn't have to do any of that. It's mainly just that, you know, measuring how big your hands are and your, your, your size and your weight and stuff like that. But, yeah, none of those pinch testings anymore. Did you see any results, before we get into your results, did you see any results that really stood out to you? Did you sort of go, geez, he's quick or far out, he can jump? Yeah, um, one of the WA boys won the um, agility, you know, record. It broke it by, you know, a fair margin. I remember watching that, just going, oh, that is crazy. I think it was a 15-year-old record, so... Um, yeah, that was a fair effort. That was probably the one that took my eye for sure. What about your results? Did, did I'm hearing that your 2K result might have been right up there. Um, oh, yeah, I guess it was pretty solid. Um, you know, it was obviously good to see because, you know, when you're sort of running in an environment like that, you don't want to leave anything in the tank or, you know, finish the race with any regrets. So, um, yeah, I was absolutely knackered at the end of it, but I was happy with the result. It was pretty solid, which I'll take. Well, that's a good point you made. It- always interesting the timing of the draft and it's always been pushed out later and later to give teenagers the chance to finish their schooling and their exams where are you at with that yeah so you know like i alluded to earlier it's all basically studies now i have you know three exams next month and then we'll finish up so um you know it's sort of one thing onto the next now that footy's done it's back you know focus turned to um school so fair bit of that to do now but it's obviously a lot more yeah, probably not nowhere near as nerve-wracking. So it's actually pretty relaxing just sitting back and doing a few, you know, mm. practice tests and stuff like that, and doing exams opposed to you know the big nerve-wracking stuff, which is nice. And when, Bill, when it, do the other exams begin? Where the clubs giving you the curly questions? Oh well, they're actually pretty good um, at the combine. I think I have, you know, the trade period was in full swing at the time, so they actually weren't too too bad. And I think I sort of understand. You know, you're just adding your old kid. You know, enjoying your time. So I like having a bit of a laugh here and there with a few of the questions. But um, no, they're generally you know, great blokes and you know, try to get to know you as a person. There's a few curly ones, but um, you know, they're pretty relaxed. It, with with that, does it then go to like a follow-up stage is where, you know, um, your managers or, or you guys have, have sort of get an interview from others? Is it sort of a wait and sit and see? Is that the nerve-wracking bit? Or do you sort of just kick back and hope that, that someone sort of comes for you or calls your name out? Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. I'm actually not too sure because sort of all clubs do it differently. But um, I'd imagine a few clubs, if they're you know pretty pretty keen to snatch you up, they'd come and um, you know do a you know at home interview or something like that. You know, a couple of weeks before the draft to give you a real indication. But some might you know not speak to you for six or seven weeks leading to the draft and still pick you on the night. So um, yeah, all clubs do it differently. But I guess that you know plays into the part of you know sitting there and just enjoying it and whatever happens happens. I guess. Billy, in terms of what we've seen just recently, and we've heard Greater Western Sydney this week with Jason McCartney, their list manager, pointing out about go-home factors. We've seen Jason Horn francis Are there more, not that you can compare one lead into a draft to another, but do you sense that clubs are more searching now of, about how you feel if you had to leave Adelaide? Yeah, well, I think um, it's always been a bit of a focus, that you know loyalty side of it, and yeah. how you would feel not being... You know, with your family every night and stuff like that. But um, you know, like like you said, I think all kids are different. Like some people thrive by moving into state and enjoying something new, and other people, you know, each their own, won't as much enjoy being apart from their family. So it's sort of um, 
you know, every kettle of fish is different, which is really interesting. But yeah, there's definitely more of a focus on to, you know, the people that want to go home and you know, how loyal it would be if you were to go to an interstate club. So, so how do you answer the question? Um, oh, well, I think I'd be pretty grateful just to get to anywhere. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your dream. So, you know, going to the state would be an awesome experience, especially if you're going over the play footy side. Definitely wouldn't be, you know, too worried at all. And I'd actually probably, you know, be one of the ones that thrive off it. I think it'd be, you know, a great experience for sure. Do you think your upbringing's got a bit to do with that? We've just heard Matt Rendell talk before, Billy, saying about how kids that have got sort of a country influence or are from the country are probably more likely to, to not want to go not what like are, are okay with yeah. leaving and not stay home? Yeah, well, I guess um, you know the people that are probably used to leaving home earlier for boarding and stuff like that, especially being um, you know people from the country, it, it makes it a lot easier. Like that's probably a big you know perk for clubs. If boys are from the country and they've had to move away from home earlier, they'll probably be used to you know going into state, not having any worries, not being around their family and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like it's obviously a big part of it. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's obviously, you know, a reason that you'll see probably, you know, predominantly more you know, agricultural boys that head into state, I'd imagine. So, Billy, you told us how your footy season's come to an end. Give us your highlight moment. Oh, highlight moment from the year was um, probably playing at Adelaide Oval for the Under-18s Grand Final. That was awesome. It was such a good deck. It was so nice. Yeah, and, well, you took out the MVP. It, did you find it, you know, one of those players we, we spoke to you last time, you balanced between... Um, sample footy and school footy and still managed to take out the MVP. How many games did you actually miss for North Adelaide in the end? Um, oh, I think I ended up playing 10 um, for the in-season, like minor rounds and then two finals. But um, yeah, I don't really know. It's sort of weird how it all worked out this year with school and North, but they were pretty good with balancing out a lot more evenly. So it was probably more 50-50 this year, which was awesome. So, um, you know, I get to spend a lot of time at both clubs, which is always nice. Well, mate, superb effort because you. you, you've managed to get the MVP and, and play a fair bit of school footy as well. One more thing. Um, unfortunately, your dad's he's a long-suffering Collingwood supporter, isn't he? He's one of those ones um, that likes the pies. Has he given you a bit of a push to say he'd love to see you in the, in the traditional – I can't say prison bars, can I, Rich? In the oh. black and white? <laughs> oh, he would. that would be a dream come true for him, and it would be a dream come true for me as well, like, I'm I'm not fussed going anywhere, but he's big time keen on me. Hopefully, trying to get to um, the pies. But you know, whatever club, you know, I'd be you know more than grateful to get to, and even just being part of the AFL system would be awesome. So um, I'm not too fussed, but yeah, that would make his life, I'd imagine. <laughs> he's no pressure, no pressure. Hey, uh, yeah. Bill, we've loved following you through this. We're, like we said, we're claiming we're claiming you as our boy. So. Look, best of luck in the lead up um, to the draft. Best of luck in the draft, and and uh, and when you make to a list, uh, make it to a list, which I'm sure you will. Uh, we want access to you, buddy, so that we can uh, we can hear what's going on. So we appreciate everything and and coming on. But best Perfect. of luck with it, eh? Perfect. Thanks, Miles. Cheers, Roach. Really appreciate it. Thanks good luck, for Billy, me on. and and with the exams as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Should be good. Looking forward to it. Billy Dowling, there, uh, Roach. Moment of your life, we, isn't we it? We picked isn't well. It? well it's it's you only get drafted once, as they say. Well, um, yes, but, yes. Well, most only get as yeah. in your national draft once. Yep. But um, that, that's we, we've got on the right kid, though. I mean, he played ten games and won the under eighteen MVP. Oh, I, <laughs> like I, he's a, he's a he's a starter kid. I'm he's looking, a star. I'm looking forward to when all the you know, draft projections are put forward as to see where he's rated.
among all the national well, talent. He's averaged forty odd. Yep. He finished eighth in the two K, eighth in the two K time trials. So he's right up the top echelon. A lot and of just, people have still got three or four South Australians in front of him. Just, he's he's my pick. And just a reminder, Adelaide doesn't pick for the first time until twenty three. He won't make it to twenty three, surely. That. But there's that's why it's a national draft, Miles. Anyway. It's um, Billy Dowling. Well, we'll he's he's our boy, Billy the Kid. Um, make sure you follow him when he makes it to the AFL. We're going to jump through the sixteen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that could be. Gee whiz, you imagine <laughs> his old man would be he'd flip his lid. Good luck to you. Now, on the other side of this, we're going to have a chat to uh, Brisbane AFLW coach Craig Startsevich. Uh, plenty more to come. Let's go to the newsroom. Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Miles Fitzner filling in for Kim Dillon. And tomorrow's car is in stock today. Roots tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. All wheel drive today as we are live from SNSA Studio Lumo. Roots, tomorrow, 8 o'clock Adelaide time at Metricon Stadium, we see the top of the table clash in the AFLW between two teams that have, well, had some brilliant battles over the years. And we now chat to uh, the not, coach. And not just that, Miles. These are two teams that have proven that in expansion, their culture their programs are so good that they retain players. And I'm sure that Craig Starsevich, coach of the Brisbane Lions, is absolutely delighted that for all the wrecking ball actions that were going to happen with four new teams added to the AFLW this year, that his Lions stayed very much intact. Craig, I know you were nervous when expansion happened, but you've held together a very good squad. Uh, g'day, guys. Yeah, we have. Um, but we've been through it once before with a team in our market yeah. Four, three years ago, so it's um, um, the two Adelaide teams have only been together for this this season. So we, we had to wear it a couple of times, and and um, the Crows only once. But yeah, glad that we've both got to where we are now. It's an epic clash, Brisbane v Adelaide. One thing that clearly has set Brisbane apart from many others. You're such a high scoring team, Craig. Your game plan, or is it just the enthusiasm of the girls who want to score? Um. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. We've, 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 always, we've always wanted to play attractive footy. So I think, I think, from, I think Doc's on the same page as well. Like yeah. you, you, want people, you want people to watch AFLW. So right from the get-go, we've, we've spent very little time on defensive strategy and more about how we want to move the footy. Yeah. So and that's, that's been six or seven seasons in, in the works. And, and we don't get it right every time. And it's still a work in progress. So we, we want to play an attractive style. We want to move it quick. And if that sort of lends itself to, to scoring, then then that's all well and good. Although, having said that, we only had 23 inside 50s against North last week, which is, our lowest unit, for, yeah. Yeah, which is our lowest for a long, long time. So, yeah, like every, everything's a work in progress with us at the moment. But the number one priority is to play something that people will want to watch. I'm glad you say that, Craig, because now we can bring the elephant out from the corner. When Steve Price a week ago towed up the AFLW and made his remarks about how much he doesn't enjoy it, did he do a disservice to what's been going on in the past five years to give young women the chance to play their dream at the top level? Uh, a little bit, but it's contrived TV too. You know, it's 
what's how can how can I be the contrary person this week? I'll come up with something that bags AFLW. It's a pretty, it's now become a pretty stale topic. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 a it's a cheapie really. But um, and given the fact that we've got four brand new teams in the comp as well, so um, yeah, it's it's disappointing um, because I know how much time and energy our players put into things, and Doc would be the same. Um, the girls give up an enormous amount of time to do what they're doing. They're doing it mostly on a semi-pro basis, even though the salaries have gone up nicely in the last little bit. But at the end of the day, we're, we're not the full-timers but and we're, what, seven seasons in, but that's only eight clubs who are seven seasons in. So um, we've, we've, we've come a fair way, but we've got a, a fair way to go. And I still think if you watch... Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping people will tune in and watch this game tomorrow night because you have got two teams, exactly. two good teams, established teams going, going at it. You're expecting a shootout, but you're going to be without live-wise Zimmy Farquharson, um, Craig, and she's got a broken finger that requires surgery. How long are you expecting her to be out? Um, hopefully only a week, but um, it, it might it might be two, but it's you know it's a it's a repaired finger which uh, male and female players have from time to time, and it only costs you a little a little bit. So hopefully we can get her back because she's so unique. She's she can um, she can take a catch. She's lightning fast, and she's good at ground level. So um, she's quite a hard one to replace, even though she's sort of less than twenty games into her career. One for the Crows that you might need to put some attention into is Caitlin Gould. Um, she had twenty four hitouts, two goals, one behind, and ten disposals, three tackles. So uh, you're going to put some work into into your ruck battle. Yeah, Gould and McKinnon have been good for him. So. Um, that's uh, that's something that we'll definitely keep an eye on, but but our rucks have also been strong. Talia Hickey's, you know, she's she's right up there as well as one of the best rucks in the comp as well. Um, so yeah, we're 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 confident we'll you know that that'll be a great battle and it'll have some uh, impact on the result, no doubt. But um, we've got two. It's an, another reason to tune in. You've got two great young ruckmen going at it. Is it? Much in the way of we see the dominance of some top end players in the AFLW, and I was talking of a player like Eb Marinoff. Do you find that a tag can have greater effect um, in some games, especially in the way the game is at the moment with the top end talent being being really dominant? Um, well, I think they're like us in a lot of ways. Like it's a, it's not just Marinoff will get the numbers, but Hatchard will pop up in other weeks, and and Chelsea's been in there a bit too. So. Um, you know, and and they've got depth right through their squad. So, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, another. yeah, correct. And and sometimes it doesn't really matter. You know, Marinoff's the type of player who wins a lot of contested hard balls. So they're they're the hardest ones to tag anyway. So um, yeah, it's 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 uh, they're a bit like us. We we spread the load across our group, and so do they. Craig, this could be billed as a, a grand final preview, as it should be. Top two teams, the one's the defending champ, one is the outstanding challenger of season seven. It's at Metricon Stadium, which is the only venue at the moment, other than Marvel in Melbourne, that would be available when the cricket season gets into full swing with the AFLW grand final. Have you have you got any clarity yet on where the grand final is going to be played? Uh, no, we haven't, because that's a nice problem to have if you get to that point. So... Um, it's you know a month and a half down the track. So, um, but that that's one thing about moving the season to spring, which is a, uh, it's a fantastic time to play. Yeah. I might add, right now compared to the the, the the brutal heat of summer. But the downside is accessibility to you know the big stadiums that have got cricket commitments. So that's that's one downside. But you know we're fortunate that the league owned Marvel, so you know you can get access there and 
and we're lucky in, in southeast Queensland that we've got access to Metricon. I was actually at, out at our new facility today, out mm. at Springfield, which is um, just about ready to come online, and the boys will start pre-season there. But we, we were hoping to play some games there as well, which would have been nice in the finals, but not to be, but it will be from uh, season eight onwards. Craig, a momentous year this year with expansion, and it includes where one of your pupils, Lauren Arnell, goes from a player to a coach, the first time that's happened in AFLW. Have you kept in touch? How, how does the relationship go between AFLW coaches, particularly one when one is you know one of your former players there at Brisbane? Yeah, um, we were absolutely you know stoked that Lauren got that opportunity and 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 doing a great job with a young emerging group. Um, and you know we're the first club to have produced a, an ex player that's gone on to a coach. So yeah. um, hopefully there's many more to come. You know um, Phillips and Randall jump out in, in the Adelaide area, but um, you know we've got a few up here as well. Emma Zilke's involved with our academy at the moment, so they're great opportunities for female coaches. We've got um, another two female coaches in the competition as well. Um, so that's that's uh, all heading in a nice direction down the track, but. Um, yeah, we keep in contact a little bit. Um, your paths generally don't cross too much as the season goes on because it's it's all pretty hectic. But yeah, um, yeah I watch I watch Lauren's um, teams with great interest. Craig, best of luck uh, tomorrow. Um, season going superbly on top of the ladder. Your percentage is massive. I'm sure we'll see you in the finals later on in the year. Good on you guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Craig. Craig Stasevich there, the coach of the AFLW Crazy. Brisbane Lions side. 259.3% their yeah. percentage. Oh, massive they're, they're scoring. Built, oh, they're building their life. I like that. He says we just don't work on defence training. Attack. And That's the old Malcolm Blight adage. They How do you win games? You kick more goals than the other team. Correct. <laughs> you Whatever they more. score, you score one more. Yeah, you score one more. Let's jump to a break. On the other side, we'll have a quick touch on cricket roots because the Aussies, they've been rolled by England twice in the hey, T20. What about Dave Warner? Yeah, and they're about... Well, is, we'll talk about that, this. Is that going to work? Let's talk about that quickly on the other side, and then we'll also get to Toddy Gray for his tips for the Greyhound Racing, of course. Miles Fitz and Michelangelo Rucci, the run home for Kimbo and the Rooch. Tomorrow's car in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, all-wheel drive. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Welcome back to Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. I thought we were playing the cricket highlights straight out of the... Come on, Lindsay. <laughs> Miles Spitzner, Michelangelo Rucci with you. The run home thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Rooch, are we going to Toddy Gray or are we going to go to the cricket? Todd, we've got to go quickly to Todd because I'm going to ask him how much longer before we call him Basil Brush to replace him. What are you well, doing to us, Todd? Well, hang on, we've got a little stinger for Todd. We've got a little stinger for Todd, don't we? It'll get <laughs> the human dog, the human dog. The human dog, the human dog. Geez, that was worth dog, it. Hello, Toddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was expecting I was expecting a lot worse, to be fair, after last week's oh, performance. Yeah, you deserve worse, Todd. As I say, we were going to get Basil Brush in because you've tipped him so often, but he's not nodding. No, he's having he's having a week off, old mate Basil. So um, I can't tip a dog when it's not running, but I, I, I would. I've tipped him enough times. But um, how about last week, boys? Um. 
I'm flabbergasted. Did you hear the winner of the cup? Um, we, we witnessed history last week, the longest price winner in Adelaide Cup history. Longest 100... 100 Wow. 100 to 1 was bet. Yeah, 100, 100 to 1, you could have. When I was talking to you last week, he was 100 to 1. And one place, but 150. Well, thanks, Gee, for, thanks for letting us know that. that yeah, was thanks for the tip, oh. Toddy. Yeah, thanks oh, for the no, tip. Not in a month of Sundays. Not in a month of Sundays, <laughs> boys. But um, look, it was the Stephen Bradbury of Greyhound Races. Um, but you can't, win a, you can't win an Adelaide Cup unless you're in the final. Last week proved that. Correct. Now, hey, let's go to this week. Uh, well, hopefully two, lads. I need to bounce back. I'm yeah. going for the lucky sevens tonight, lads. I like two from box seven tonight. The best bet, race seven, number seven, fantastic faith. Uh, second favourite at the moment at around about the $4 mark. Um, I reckon this is a terrific price because the favourite in one, I reckon it's going to get snipped early by the um, by the two dog here. I think the two's an absolute moral to lead and kind of cut down on the favourite. Um, and I think we're every chance to lob second to the two. And if we lob second to the two, I'm just about going to go the early crow because the two dog... Oh, the two dog in the last hundred meters, it, it goes to pieces like a napkin in a blender, boys. If we can't run the two dog down, if we love second to it, I'll be very surprised. This so race seven, number seven, fantastic face. I wouldn't be going too well if I got the snip either um, from that other dog. So anyway, <laughs> we'll go we'll go to race eight, Toddy. What do you like there? Uh, seven again, race eight, number seven, Wardrum Express. I really like this price, but I don't like the draw. Uh, he does want an inside draw here, but my plan, how I see this race panning out, is the six dog, I can't see how the six isn't going to lead. And it's a hard fence crasher. I reckon the six virtually just carts him over into the race beautifully. Mm-hmm. Just gives him a perfect little escort to kind of just get to where he wants to be, to the inside. And he is as honest as the day is long. He never knows how to run a bad race, especially over the 600-meter trip, which this is. Um, I think he is an absolute lock to make the podium. Unfortunately, we've only got two dividends here. So third place will just about make me pouty if he runs it. But this is a terrific price at seven or eight bucks. Each way all day for mine, race eight, number seven, Wardrum Express. And hopefully the six dogs read the script and this gives it a beautiful card over. Todd, big event Sunday, the Gawler Gold Cup. Is it too early to ask you for a favourite? Oh, for mine, look, I think I think the dog, which is going to be the hard dog to beat at all. He, I mean, he broke the long-standing track record not long ago with Victor Grosso. But uh, he's got, look, he's got the squeeze draw in the heats and the Adelaide Cup showed you what can happen when you draw badly in a yeah. big race. Um, look, it, Box 5 bought the best dog in the in the world undone. Uh, look, he's a, Gawler, he's a Gawler master, and I've got a soft spot for this dog. Victor Grosso to win the Gawler Cup for mine. But, um, yeah, he'd be favourite, if not probably second or third at best. Toddy, always like your tips. Always love it when you come on too, mate. Looking forward to catching up for a beer. Uh, sounds good to me. Hopefully hopefully we can bounce back, boys. We need to. Otherwise, Toddy Gray there thinks to yeah, no one runs like the dogs in South Australia for expert greyhound racing tips. Follow the dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on the book. Get quickly on the cricket because we've only got now yeah, a minute and a half now. Um, Australia go down twice to England, and this debate keeps popping up about um, all this issue about Warner being allowed to captain again. Thoughts, Rich? Which will create a fair bit of debate, more so when you look back at the original findings after Sam Papengate in South Africa. That was when Dave Warner was pushed out of all leadership roles. It was never say never, and it certainly has applied with Steve Smith. He's been put back into a leadership role, but it seemed that Dave Warner would never, ever be considered. But one of the criteria that Cricket Australia put was that they were going to measure public feeling on this point. Now, does time... End heal all wounds, yeah, or is it that was such a moment in Australian cricket that it can never be forgiven? Well, this is not, this is where not, I've got a problem not, with it, Rooch. Yeah. This is where I've got a problem with it. Is is clearly they know where it was instigated. Yep. They know who started it. 
They know whose idea it was, and they know who took the heat and tried to cover it up. Now, whether they know that or not depends on whether or not he should be allowed to skipper. But if he had anything to do with the concept of it, the thought of it, or the idea of it, or Bancroft idea of it, never, ever, ever again. But then Australian sport's been renowned for, if we need to win, we'll do whatever it takes. Except, mate, if he's skipper, it won't make any difference to the, no. the quality of the team. She'll be an interesting call by Cricket Australia. Hey, enjoyed filling in again, Roach. Um, again tomorrow, I think. Oh, is it? Oh, he's not well, Kim. He is oh, well. not well. All right. Might see you tomorrow. Jeez, my Friday night's just gone to the proverbial. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Lodzy. Well, thanks for thanks that to everyone that texted in. Good, Good on you, Roach. <laughs> Good night. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.